died and the birds came and devoured them. This is what I want to touch on tonight. Verse 5, some fell upon stony places where they did not have much earth and they immediately sprang up. But because they had no depth of earth, but when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root that they withered away. Verse 7 as well says, and some fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty. Verse 9, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And Jesus begins to speak. He explains these particular parable in verse 18. I want you to read along with me. Listen and uh, look along with me. It says this, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. Verse 20, but he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. Amen. Just like the honeymoon uh, when it's over, he's got no root, so he only endures for a while. But when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and cares of this world. And the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. And Jesus ends this story in verse 23 and he says these words, But he who received the seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty. Amen. Stones and thorns tonight. I want to minister on these particular words of Jesus. And I want to, uh, I guess, put the microscope on verse 5 tonight because I want to talk about stones and thorns. And I want to clarify, first of all, the sower and the seed. You know, we as believers... Myself as a preacher, pastor, you as a believer, a, uh, you know what, being a witness for Christ, we are the sower of this seed. We are the sower. We are the ones that go out into Eagle Bean, Beanley, Christians and believers who begin to sow the seed. But, you know, we don't make the seed. How many know that? We, we are not the ones that manufacture the seed. The seed is given by the divine master. That's Jesus Christ. And what is the seed? Listen to uh, Matthew Henry. He's one of the Bible commentators, he says this, the seed sown is the word of God. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 19, Jesus explains and says, this is the seed of the gospel of the kingdom. And Matthew Henry, he says, this is the, the kingdom, the seed that conducts to that kingdom. The word of the gospel is the word of the kingdom. It is the word of the king. And where that is, there is power. It is the law by which we must be ruled and governed. This Word is the seed sown, which seems dead, dry thing, but all the product is virtually in it. It is the incorruptible seed. And so I want you to picture this is the seed that's been sown in you and I. This is a seed that's the gospel message, the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. The incorruptible seed that's found in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Listen to this. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. When we are born again, when we decide to give our lives to Jesus Christ, there is an incorruptible seed that is planted in our lives. 
And this is a seed that now brings forth fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. This is a seed that now brings forth the fruit in our lives. The gospel brings forth this fruit. Listen to Colossians chapter 1, verses 5 through to 6. But because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you, as it is also in the world, and is bringing forth fruit, as it is among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. And so that is the parable of the sower. Jesus Christ came and he begins to tell this story. Some fell by the wayside. Some fell upon the stony ground and had a bit of earth in it. And I want to look at this particular verse, the stony ground. It's talking about shallow Christians. It's talking about seed fell upon a stony place, had no earth. It's talking about this mix of hardness of heart. And it shows a picture of shallow depth addressing the shallow Christians. You're here tonight and you're a shallow Christian. You just come to church. You love the word. It's like, man, you get excited. Just like Jesus says, immediately springs up. He who hears the word receives it with joy. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, this is good, man. Preach it, pastor. Yes. Oh, what amazing. This is the shallow Christian. They're moved with emotion. They love it. It's great. But as soon as the tribulation comes, man, that's like we spoke about this morning. Just like when trials come, all of a sudden, this particular plant has no longer seen. Why? Because it's shallow. The character of this person is one of having no mind of their own. Like a snail-like creature with no backbone. Just like a jellyfish. There's nothing solid or consistent that is found in this shallow Christian. Their sand, house, uh, their sand built houses are no sooner up than they're washed down by the tide. They have no solid foundation. There's no convictions. There's nothing. There's no principles. There's no standards. This is the shallow Christian. Jesus says, oh yeah, it fell upon this ground. They received it with joy. Man, praise the Lord. They're clapping their hands. Hallelujah. But all of a sudden, they lose their job. All of a sudden, it's quite difficult. Life gets hard. No much depth in their life. And then soon, they no character. No convictions, no purpose. They begin to fall by the wayside. They begin to be hindered by the things of this world. And Jesus says, yet he had no root in himself. Think about that. No root in himself. He endures for a while. These are the words of Jesus. I mean, have you ever seen a shooting star? It's like, wow, it's amazing. You know, if you look out into, into the night sky and you see a shooting star, it's beautiful. And that's like some Christians, you know what, they start off well, they're, they're, whoa, man, praise the Lord, Jesus saved him, Jesus done an amazing thing, oh, sisters, she's doing so well, but what happened? What happened to sister so-and-so? What happened to brother so-and-so? They were doing so well. Well, Jesus gives us the clue. He gives us a clue and he says, for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, underline that, that's, that's, that's something we need to get a grip on because of the word. It wasn't anything else. It wasn't the devil. It wasn't, uh, you know what, it was because of the word. It says immediately he stumbles. So many times we think, oh, the devil's attacking me. Oh, the devil's doing this to me. Oh, man. But really, it's our own heart. Come on now. Really, it's, it's our own character. God's dealing with us, and we don't like it. <laughs> God's dealing with us to change. And maybe it's like, oh, we don't. And all of a sudden, we stumble because of the word. 
Jesus is speaking to us. Jesus is trying to convince, convict us and convince us to say, hey, there's a better way. Listen, the life that you're living is not normal. The normal life is to be living according to the word of God. And when we find that, it's kind of like, man, God's word's dealing with us, challenging us, wanting us to change. But we're, we're like, oh, man, and the word of God is too hard. You see it so many times. People follow Christ, and yet they're not able to follow through. Why is it? Because they refuse to surrender. They refuse to surrender to the word of God. They refuse to submit towards Christ. God's wanting to develop character. God's wanting to show them purpose and, and give them a direction in their lives, but yet unwilling to surrender their own heart. This is the shallow Christian. They'll come to church. Yeah, they'll clap their hands, but then they'll leave church. They'll, they'll go and say, oh, praise the Lord. That was a good word. Then all of a sudden life hits and they're no longer to be seen. James chapter 1, verses 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the what? The testing of your faith. It produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That word saying that you may be perfect doesn't mean that you may be, uh, you know, oh, wow, he's perfect. No, no, that means mature. That's talking about a mature growth within you. That's talking about a character that's been formed within you. Don't be a shallow Christian, can I challenge you tonight? It's dangerous living. You've got to be rooted and grounded in the love of God. Listen, if you don't, you become vulnerable to any false teaching, any false doctrine that's out there. You'll just be thinking, oh, I heard this on YouTube. Oh, I heard this. And then you'll be hearing all these things. And then you'll sooner, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14, listen to this that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. You know what, shallow Christianity, you'll be drawn by everything that comes, every sort of weird doctrine that's out there. That's why you gotta be a man, you gotta be a woman of the word. Christianity, you know what, isn't just a Sunday thing, can you say amen? It's not just uh, you, you, you become a switch where you turn it on and you turn it off. It's not uh, you turn on Christianity. No, it's every day. Can you say amen? It's, it's not just a Sunday thing. Christianity is this. Luke chapter 9 verse 23. Then he said to them, this is Jesus. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Come on now. That's Christianity right there. That's saying no to your self-desires. That's saying no to your passions. And that's saying, you know what, God, I'm going to follow you. Make a decision to say, you know what, I don't want to be a shallow Christian. I don't want to be someone with no depth. I want to be a man of God. I want to be a woman of God that has a substance to my life. I want to be a man of God that has character, that has purpose. Can I encourage you? That's where you begin to put your roots deep into the Word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. This is a sobering text. It says this, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Shallow Christianity just have outward appearance. They have the lingo, they can talk the talk, but they can't walk the walk. Having a form of godliness, this outward facade, but denying the transforming power of Jesus Christ. There's no root within them. There's no character within them. And it's frightening because this is the truth. It says here, and from such people turn away. There's nothing attractive about a shallow Christian. I want to ask you the question tonight. Is your life attracting or is it detracting when people see your life? When you speak to people, 
Are they attracted? Can they sense God's Spirit upon your life, the Holy Spirit upon your life? Or do they just walk away and say, oh, no, 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 no. Can they begin to sense God's presence on your life? Do they want what you have? Or not? <laughs> Let's talk about thorns for a minute. It says in verse 22, Now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word, and the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. Here in our text, this ground is a fertile ground. You know what? Whenever there's weeds growing, they, they say that this is the most richest soil. The first and second ground is, is talking about there's no root. But the problem here is not because of the ground. It's because of the seeds and the weeds. Thorns is part of the curse of the sin. It's the rich soil. It's talking about the riches of the world. That begin to now grow up and begin to choke the seed. And you know what? You wonder why you're not fruitful. You wonder why you're not showing the fruits of the Spirit. It's because there's this thing called the cares of the world. The cares of this life begin to choke the seed, the kingdom of God. You know, before I became a Christian, I wanted the riches of the world. Before I became a Christian, I wanted my name up in lights. I wanted all of that. But I surrendered my life to Jesus. I gave my life to Christ. I no longer wanted the world. I no longer wanted my name up in lights. I wanted it up in the Lamb's book of life. I was like, you know what? No, enough of the world. In, enough of that. You know what? That's, that's, that's useless. That's meaningless. Surrendering your life. I realized when I surrendered my life, all of a sudden, this, the fruit started to show. You know what? I was, I was thinking, oh, how, brother, how do you, you know, how, man, I asked so many questions. Brother, how come you're so joyful? You know, how come you say, you know, you don't swear. It's a, it's a, people can't explain because it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's what God's done in someone's life. They chose to surrender in their heart of hearts to say, you know what? No, I'm not going to allow the things of the world, the cares, the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. And you see it so many times. People come in, but yet unwilling again to surrender because of career, because of money, something else that takes their love away the rich young ruler matthew chapter 19 verse 16 jesus asked the question to this young man and and uh, you know what hey he, he tells him listen you know what if you want to inherit eternal life you got to keep the commandments this young rich young ruler he proudly responds and says in matthew 20 uh, matthew chapter 19 verse 20 listen to his response the young man said to jesus all these things I have kept from my youth, meaning he's done all the Ten Commandments, he's kept all the law, and he asks this question, what do I still lack? Is there anything missing, this guy says? Is there anything uh, that I need to do? And Jesus said these words, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come, follow me. Verse 22, but when the young man heard that saying, he went away, sorrowful for he had great possessions here is where we see the effect of the stones and the thorns he had a good understanding this young man had a good understanding of the word he understood the ten commandments he understood all of that but jesus knew something's missing jesus knew that there's something he, he thought he oh yeah i got it there is there anything else jesus yeah there's thing there's a couple of things you lack brother <laughs> Jesus knows it all, amen? And he speaks to the young man and says, go and sell all. Oof, well, what, is, what is it that you're willing to give up tonight? 
If Jesus was to speak to you and say, give up those things, follow me, will you surrender? Will you choose to lay it all down and say, you know what, Jesus, I'll follow you. Man, we could have been reading, I'm sure, of his gospel tonight if he chose to follow Christ. Think about that tonight. Jesus says, come and follow me. But yet he chose not to. Because of the word, listen to that, he stumbled. Jesus gave the man a word, but yet he stumbled. He went away sorrowful. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in the greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Did he get that? The love of money. It wasn't money, it's the love of it. That is the root of all evil. And this ground, Jesus says, it's got some roots, but it's the wrong kind of root. And I want to ask you the question, what root has taken over in your life? Do you love money more than God? Do you love God more than money? Do you love the cares of the world? Has it consumed your mind? Jesus says, you cannot serve God and mammon. Amen. And so let me tie in the stones and the thorns together because the stones, they spoil the root and the thorns spoil the fruit. Understand that tonight. The stones spoil the root and the thorns spoiled the fruit. We are to bear the fruit of the Spirit tonight. Joy, love, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And if you're here tonight, you wonder why you have no peace. You wonder why you have no joy. You wonder why you have no long-suffering or even kindness. Search your own heart. Maybe the cares of the world has choked the faith in your soul. Has something taken over the, the seed? Is it choking the seed, the kingdom of God in you? Jesus is calling you to follow. Jesus is calling you and I to surrender all. But are you willing? Are you ready to surrender the thing that is holding you back, that is choking the seed? Because I encourage you tonight, it is so much better when you do so. When you live in total freedom, when you begin to live by the word of God and God begins to help you through your walk with Christ, you begin to mature, you go through testings and trials, yes, they'll come, but greater things are happening inside of you, bearing the fruits of the Spirit. Because of the good ground. I want to talk about the cure tonight. Is how can the grounds of our hearts allow room for God's word, for the seed to grow? Jesus says in verse 23, But he who received the seed on good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty. The good ground is the one who not only hears it but obeys. I tell to my kids all the time, I say, how many times am I going to say this? I tell them all the time, did I just tell you this? Did I just tell you not to do that? Did I just tell you not to go into the fridge and eat the cookies? <laughs> did I just tell you, how many times am I going to tell you, clean your room? How many times am I going to tell you? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, daddy, I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, they, they hear it, but they don't do it. And that's like Christians. You know, oh, yes, Lord, I, I hear you, I hear you. But we don't do it. James says, not only be hearers, but be doers of your word. We got to be like the good ground. It's, 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 you know what, having this disposition where our heart says, you know what, God, I can't do this on my own. So what is the good ground? Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 gives us a great picture. Because maybe you're here and you're like, man, how do I get a good ground? How do I get a good heart? 
Listen to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. That's good ground. That's where it starts, where God begins to heal our hearts, heal our land. The ground that has been so hardened, it's been trodden by life, and God comes in and He begins to heal our hearts. That's the good ground. Only then shall we begin to grow and the seed begins to be planted where we can become fruitful. It starts with us humbling our hearts. It starts with us being humble before God. Forgive me, Jesus, for the ways I've been doing things. It's this cultivating of the ground by prayer. Come on. It's cultivating this ground through a life of surrender. It's cultivating the, the ground through the re reading of God's word. Every day we're depending on God. Every day we're asking the Holy Spirit, come and water the soil. God, manifest yourself in my life. Cultivating all of this prayer, I'm telling you, brings us into his presence. Reading God's word allows us to hear his voice. When we begin to repent of our sins and turn from our selfish ways, listen, God begins to forgive us and begins to heal our land. Not only that, God gives us a new heart. Ezekiel 36 verse 26. And I will give you a new heart. I will put in you a new spirit. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. Amen. Jesus Christ is the answer. Can you say amen? Man, I'm telling you, our lives have been trodden down. Uh, the devil's come and he's stolen the seed. But you know what? We need to come back to this place and say, you know what, God, help me to heal my land, that you may begin to bear fruit in my life. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer tonight. Simple message. Stones and thorns. I've seen so many people, unfortunately, because of this very reason, leave the faith, choose to go back into the world because of the fact that they chose not to surrender. The seed that fell on stony place and also the thorns the cares of this world it's so sad but here it is in the word Jesus speaks and he says you know what begin to have the good ground where we begin to make it through life amen